Hey everyone, Alistair here for your devotion for Wednesday, April 8th. Uh, if you haven't checked them out yet, I encourage you to go check out Ryan and Dave's devotions for Monday and Tuesday of this week, um, just so you can be getting the full experience of Holy Week. And um, we're just trying to get our hearts prepared um, for this week uh, and for Good Friday and for Easter Sunday, uh, where we get to rejoice and celebrate in the re resurrection of Jesus. So I encourage you to check those out if you haven't yet. But for today's devotion, we're going to be in Luke chapter 22, verses 1 through 6. So go ahead and turn to Luke 22, verses 1 through 6, and we'll read that passage. We're going to be looking at uh, the betrayal of Jesus. So starting in verse 1 of Luke 22, it says, Now the feast of unleavened bread, called the Passover, was approaching, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus, for they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve, and Judas went to the chief priests and the, official, er, and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. So this passage, it's not the, the most uplifting kind of passage to do for a devotion. Um, Honestly, it's, it's pretty sad and grim to be reading this. Uh, we're seeing the wickedness of humanity come out in this. The chief priests and Judas and Satan himself are wanting to get rid of Jesus. Um, but this is where we're at in Holy Week. This is the reality of what was going on. So we're going to dive into this um, and look um, just at how God works even in the midst of man's wickedness. So let's look at verse 2 here. It says, The chief priests and the teachers of the law we're looking for some way to get rid of Jesus, for they were afraid of the people. So these guys, these people in authority, had been looking for uh, a way to get Jesus out of the picture for some time now. But they were afraid, especially during this time, because Passover was coming. So there's all these people coming uh, to the area. There's, as Brandon was saying on Sunday, hundreds of thousands of people coming to this region. Um, and so they were afraid that if they did anything with Jesus during this time, there was going to be riots. And so they were, they were afraid of the people. Um, but they were still looking for a way to get Jesus out of the picture. Um, and then we jump forward to verses 3 and 4, and we see an insider steps in. And Satan himself is working in the midst of all this. Looking at verses 3 and 4, it says, Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve, and Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. So not only are the chief priests after Jesus, we see Satan is capitalizing on this opportunity to get into Judas to be trying to ultimately kill Jesus. And Judas is wanting and willing to do this. He comes to the chief priests to see if there's a way um, that he can be of benefit to them to capture Jesus. And it's, it's grim, and it's, it's evil, and it's wicked. Um, and we're seeing the heart of man in all of this. Uh, and it's, it's sad. Um, but this is where we're all at. This is where we all come from, is this, this wicked heart. And um, it's, it's so sad, but we see the priests are excited about this. They're excited because... Now they have an inside man. They have one of the 12. They have one of Jesus' closest guys coming to them 
to say that, hey, I'm going to help you get Jesus arrested. I'm going to help you so that I can betray Jesus for some, for some money. Just give me some money and I'm good to go. And it's perfect for the priests because they now have a way to get Jesus without having any rioting. Judas can have him arrested at night when there's no crowds around and uh, ultimately get Jesus out of the picture and will ultimately lead to the crucifixion. So the priests are delighted. They're excited about this. In verse, in verse 5 it says, They were delighted and agreed to give him money. And going on into verse 6, He, Judas, he consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. So Judas is now ready and waiting. He's looking for the perfect opportunity to get Jesus arrested, to get the temple guard to come and arrest him. The hunt is on. Um, this is where we're at in the midst of Holy Week, and it's not looking good. But even in the midst of all this wickedness, of all this terrible planning and plotting that Satan is behind and rejoicing in, we see God is at work even in the midst of man's wickedness. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 26. We're going to look at uh, Matthew's parallel account of this in verses 1 and 2 of Matthew chapter 26. It said, when Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, as you know, the Passover is two days away and the son of man will be handed over to be crucified. So this is no surprise to God. God knows what's happening. He knows what's about to go down. He knows, Jesus knows one of his closest men by his side has gone to the chief priests to betray him. And it's terrible and it's sad but God knows what's about to go down. He knows that the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. And it's so cool to see that even in the worst of circumstances, even when Satan is like explicitly at work in the midst of these men, God knows and he has a bigger plan. Because Jesus, this perfect Lamb of God, is going to be the sacrifice as our Passover Lamb. He's going to be beaten and flogged and die on our behalf, paying the penalty of our sins and ultimately forgiving us of those sins and giving us new life because he conquered sin and death. So even as we're looking at this plot against Jesus, we see that God's plan is way bigger than any of this. So I just hope and pray that we can all take away from this that God is at work even in the midst of man's wickedness. Let's pray, and then I'll have a couple of follow-up questions for us. Father, I just thank you for this week, for this time to reflect on your plan. Your plan that is bigger and more powerful than anything Satan or man could ever try to accomplish. That even in the midst of our own wickedness, our own sinful hearts, God, you can work good and bring about what you desire. Father, I just pray that we can be reflecting on our own hearts and just be seeing where our own wickedness has, has put you on the cross. Father, may we just be rejoicing in the fact that your death brought us life. God, I just pray for this week that we can be um, just preparing our hearts for Good Friday and that we can be looking forward to and rejoicing uh, to just celebrating your resurrection on Easter Sunday. 
I thank you for your love and the grace and the mercy that you show us and the awesome plan that you have even in the midst of all the wickedness that we see. Pray in your name. Amen. So I encourage you, as we're in the midst of Holy Week, to be looking at both the horror and the beauty of the cross. Because God came as man to die for you and for me. He was beaten. He was flogged. He was ridiculed. He was spit on. And he was ultimately nailed to a cross to die for your sins and for mine. And it's horrific, and it's yet the most beautiful picture we can ever see because we're seeing that God loves us. His grace is astounding. His mercy is unfathomable. And we see that it all kicks off with this plot against Jesus. This is where the wheels start turning. This is where Satan finally thinks he has Jesus in his hands. But we see that God is way bigger. So be looking at the cross this week. Be reflecting on how God has just forgiven you of all that we've fallen short of. Um, one, one question I have for you is, how have you seen God work in your own life in spite of your sins? How have you seen God bring good in the midst of evil and wickedness? Because as we see here in this passage for today, it's full of just sin and wickedness and man's pride and what we want. But God can overcome that and bring about good. So I encourage you to look at that today um, and be tuning in tomorrow evening uh, for our Thursday devotion. And uh, I just hope and pray that you guys are having a great week, just reflecting on Jesus and the amazing love that he's shown us. Have a good one. Bye.